Olivia Morrell was born via surrogate, and she has spent years of her life feeling abandoned like she didn't belong. And now she is speaking out about the surrogacy industry and the dangers of child and female exploitation that are inherent in the practice and the industry. Her testimony is so powerful. Before we get into it, we will talk a little bit about the Republican presidential debate last night. Um, Also, before we get into that, I do want to remind you that we've got amazing Christmas gifts for the relatable fan in your life. That's you and your spouse and your family and your friends, I'm sure. If you go to AllieMerch.com, you will see we've got amazing crew neck sweatshirts that are new, t-shirts, all that kind of stuff, but also the mugs. The mugs are amazing. We've got our Do the Next Right Thing mugs and then we've also got our razor respectful ruckus mugs made in the USA. Super high quality, great stocking stuffer. So go to AllieMerch.com. And I think I forgot to mention yesterday, if you use Allie25, you get 25% off your order. So use promo code Allie25. You get 25% off your order when you do that. Uh, all right. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoToRanchers.com. Use code Allie for a discount. That's GoToRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone is having a wonderful week so far. I am so excited for you to listen to the interview um, that we've got for you today with the woman who was uh, born of surrogacy. Her story is really really powerful. I will say, so she is, uh, she's French. And so you'll hear some differences in like the words she, uh, she chooses to use for different things. So if there are some things that she says that you're like, wait, I didn't quite, uh, understand the, the word that she chose. It is because she is a French speaker, but her English is, is perfect. Um, There are just some differences there. So I wanted to give you a heads up about that. But gosh, share this interview far and wide for anyone who is on the fence uh, about surrogacy or hasn't been thoroughly convinced that it is a corrupt industry and a corrupt practice. They've got to listen to her testimony that she um, is giving us today. But before we get into that, I just I did want to say a couple things about the fourth Republican debate last night. And you might be thinking there's been four debates. What? I haven't been paying attention to them at all. Uh, Now is the time to probably start paying attention. Believe it or not, next year is election year. I cannot believe that it is already here. I can't believe it is already here. But starting at the beginning of the year, we're really going to be gearing up and looking at this primary, uh, this Republican primary. And there have already been, as I said, several debates. Trump has not been present at the debate. So that's probably why you haven't been hearing quite as much about them. Uh, But I tuned in last night. I haven't tuned into all of the debates. I'll just be honest about that. But I did tune in last night mostly because my girl, Megyn Kelly, was the moderator, one of three moderators, and she did a great job. All of the moderators did a great job. This was uh, a News Nation uh, debate. The Fox News debate that we saw a couple weeks ago, I heard some of those questions. I thought the questions were ridiculous, just completely superfluous in some cases, and in other cases, couched in like the liberal assumption of something like um, how they would ask a question would be like giving credit to the liberal position on, say, abortion or immigration. That was not the case last night. There were very hard hitting questions. Um, So right out the gate, you had Megyn Kelly, always with amazing questions, taking no prisoners. Uh, She asked Ron DeSantis, uh, basically, look, 
you won in Florida, you did a good job, but you are not even close to Trump in the polls right now. And so do you think the voters are saying um, not no, but not now? And here is a part of his answer to that question. Uh, I am sick of Republicans who are not willing to stand up and fight back against what the left is doing to this country. You've got to be willing to stand strong and you've got to be willing to beat these people. I'm the only one running for president that has beaten these people on issue after issue. Uh, we beat the teachers unions when we did school choice. We beat Fauci on COVID. We beat George Soros when we removed two of his radical district attorneys. We beat the Democrats on election integrity. I have delivered results. That's what we need for this country. So we didn't play you the the whole answer, but right out the gate, I thought it was really, really strong. He said, you know what? I'm not looking at the polls. We did amazing in Florida. Here's who we beat. We beat Fauci. We beat the teachers unions. We beat the Democratic Party there, and we can do that on um, a national scale. Now, I believe that. But Megyn Kelly is right. He is way behind Donald Trump. Here are the polls, at least according to 538. Uh, you've got you've got Trump at 59.6%. Wow. DeSantis at 12.7%, Haley at 10.6%, and Ramaswamy at 4.9%. And then we've got Chris Christie, who was also on the debate stage, who is not even like a part of these polls. No one actually thinks that he is going to win the nomination, but he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. So Trump, who has not been a part of any of these debates, is taking the lead, the strong lead. And Nikki Haley is coming up close to Ron DeSantis, which is exactly why Ron DeSantis went after Nikki Haley in his question. And I appreciate that he did that uh, because Nikki Haley, I, I mean, there are plenty of things about Nikki Haley that I think are very commendable that I like. Uh, if she somehow ended up being the nominee, of course, I would vote for her versus Joe Biden. That's not even a question. Um, but she said some things recently that I really didn't like. She is a little too soft on abortion. She tries to be too nuanced, walk the line too much uh, when it comes to Roe v. Wade and what uh, laws should be on the books about abortion. She made a comment that we talked about on here a few months ago where she criticized Ron DeSantis for his war on Disney and then invited, of course, I'm sure in a tongue-in-cheek way, invited uh, Disney to South Carolina. Invited Disney to South Carolina. Now, do South Carolinians, the conservative South Carolinians, do you really want a company like Walt Disney to be infiltrating your school districts, to be influencing what uh, curriculum your children are learning so that your children learn in kindergarten that they can switch genders? Like, is, is, that, is that the kind of influence, the kind of corporate influence that South Carolinians want? But apparently Nikki Haley thinks so. And then, of course, she made the comment uh, just this week. I think we did talk about it on yesterday's show that the law has no place when it comes to um, when it comes to the genital mutilation of children. It has no place when it comes to these quote-unquote gender-affirming surgeries on minors, the double mastectomies for teen girls, the chemical castration of preteen boys. She said in an interview that the law does not have a place. What in the Asa Hutchinson? Yes, we did talk about that yesterday because I think I said the same thing. Um, so she is like running to the left of Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis called her out because he is, she is catching up to him. And then uh, Ramaswamy 
also called her out really for being kind of a hawk. He's much more isolationist, or at least he says he does. And he says he's anti-corporation, whereas she has a lot of corporations backing her. As she said last night, Wall Street is backing her. She just had a meeting with BlackRock and Vanguard, these companies who are funding the moral rot at an institutional level. Um uh, in our country. So she addressed those things. Ron DeSantis obviously going after her. Uh, and then I've got a couple more things to say about Ron DeSantis and a little bit more of a superficial analysis. And then that'll conclude uh, the this segment of our podcast and everything that I have to say about the debate. But let me go ahead and tell you about our first sponsor for the day before I get into that. And that is Crowd Health. So I don't even have to tell you the burden that health insurance can place on us, just all of the the, the complications and the um, just the, the headache that it can cause going through the health insurance process. But of course, you still need health care coverage. And that is why CrowdHealth exists. It's not health insurance, but it gives you the tools to negotiate and crowdfund your medical bills. So you pay that $50 membership fee to get access to services like telemedicine, bill negotiation. You join the crowd, which is a group of members just like you who want to help pay for each other's unexpected medical events. For $175 for an individual or $575 for a family of four or more, you get access to a community of people who are willing to help you out in the event of an emergency. No doctor's networks. It just makes everything a lot smoother and easier. Let CrowdHealth help with your healthcare needs. Get started today for just $99 a month for your first three months by using code Allie at joincrowdhealth.com. CrowdHealth is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code Allie. Okay, so I just wanted to play one more thing that people are talking about. It's uh, Vivek versus Nikki Haley. He called her on something because he is criticizing her and other Republicans for wanting to fund this war uh, in Ukraine, which he doesn't believe that America should be involved uh, involved in that. Um, I'm obviously sympathetic to that position, um, although it's probably uh, a little more complicated than the these formats of debates allow. But I do think he's like very clear and consistent, at least on this uh, issue. And he says he calls Nikki Haley out and was like, you can't even name three provinces in Ukraine. And that was that was a bet. He wasn't sure if uh, he was right about that, but it turns out he was. So here's that. Foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to know that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's her puppet masters right there, the donors. The donors right there that are playing like the puppet masters. Okay, hold on, hold on. Woo! 
Woo! I mean, he made a bet that she would not be able to name the three provinces. But I do want to say, because people are saying, oh, she didn't even know three provinces. He specifically said the three provinces that she wants to send troops to. So just to hedge a little bit to give her maybe the BOD, maybe that's why she didn't want to answer that question. Um, But of course, this turned into the viral moment. So Vivek wins the... Uh, Twitter debate. That's what happens is that I don't think he won the actual debate. I think Ron DeSantis uh, was the strongest in his responses, but he is always going to win among the people on Twitter who did not watch the debate because he is so rhetorically sharp and rhetorically talented and like he's I would say the like most online candidate so he says what the Twitter conservatives want to hear and he's going to go viral that way which is a strategy like it might be an effective strategy because I don't think most people are watching the debates they're just catching the highlights after and he's probably the best at packaging the highlights for social media so that's a strategy okay let me give you my like hard-hitting analysis that this is really just about their appearance Okay, so I was telling my husband this actually earlier and he was like, you know, you need to say that because that's interesting. One thing that I will give Nikki Haley, even though I disagree with some things that she has said, some like really important things, um, she has dressed really well. She dresses really well as a female politician. And you know how I know that she is doing a good job when it comes to her hair and her makeup and her appearance. And I know I know you're not supposed to talk about this. You're not supposed to talk about this for a woman. Because no one has talked about it. No one has talked about her clothing choice. No one has talked about her hair. No one has talked about her makeup. And you know, if no one is talking about a woman's appearance, then she is doing a good job of dressing herself. Because as a woman in politics, it's not fair, but this is how it is. You can't look like you're trying too hard and you can't look like you're not trying enough. If you're trying too hard, then you're a pick me. If you're not trying enough, then you're slovenly. She doesn't look homely, but she doesn't look like she is trying to draw attention to her appearance. Everything is well tailored. Everything is nice and simple. So good job, Nikki Haley and her glam squad. It is really difficult, I think, as a woman in politics to strike that balance, but she's doing a really good job. Now, I will say Ron DeSantis, as someone who is a Ron DeSantis stan, I really like Ron DeSantis and everything that he's done. I just want to say this from love. He needs someone to tailor his suits. He needs someone to tailor his suits. He's lost weight. That's a great thing. But his suits need to be better fitting. Does that matter long term in either of these cases, Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis? It doesn't. Of course not. It doesn't affect how you can lead. But look, people are superficial. We have cared about the aesthetics of our presidential candidate going all the way back to Nixon v. Kennedy. And so I think that this is a very simple fix that whether it's fair or not can communicate something to voters. How someone looks and their ability to fill out a suit It communicates something to voters. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's fair. It's just the way it is. And you don't want people talking about your appearance. But people are talking about Ron DeSantis' suits. And you don't want people noticing. You probably don't even remember what Vivek was wearing. That's because he had probably a well-tailored suit on. You don't want people to notice. If people are talking about it, then you're doing something wrong. So better tailored suits. Um, All right. We're going to get into this uh 
amazing, amazing interview. You got to listen to the entire thing. Her message is so important. Uh, but before we get into it, I know it was just a couple minutes ago that I gave you my last sponsor, but I'll go ahead and um, since it's a natural break, give you my next sponsor before we get into the interview. And that is Patriot Mobile. So Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They are standing behind the values that they have, and they're the values that you and I have, too. They're pro-life. They're pro-Second Amendment. They're pro-free speech, and they are putting their dollars, they're putting their energy behind these causes that we believe in. So you don't have to give your money to these uh, wireless corporations that are funding the Democrats, funding the causes that we don't believe in. You can switch to Patriot Mobile. Uh, They are using uh, the same uh, networks, and so you get the same great coverage by using them. And the switch is really easy. You just go to patreonmobile.com slash Allie. And also right now they will give you a free smartphone with promo code Friday 76 patreonmobile.com slash Allie promo code Friday 76. Olivia, thanks so much for taking the time to come on. Um, Could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? So I'm Olivia. I'm 31 years old. I'm about to turn 32, actually. I'm a mother of three. I live in the south of France, and I am married to a wonderful man. Um, Today, I am fighting against surrogacy. I'm using my story to fight against surrogacy um, and try to, you know, speak my word and take my word out there. Mm, we have a lot in common. I am also thirty-one, almost thirty-two, and uh, a mother of, uh, and a mother of three. Yeah. Um. So I first I saw your testimony um on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and I was like, gosh, I've got to get her on my show. It was the International Conference on Surrogacy. It was held at the Parliament of the Czech Republic. This was on November twenty-first, uh, and it's been going around on Twitter. Um. Back, back us up. Tell us why you're speaking out about this, why you're opposing surrogacy. I was born from surrogacy, um, so 30, almost 32 years ago, um, through traditional surrogacy in Kentucky. And I have um, suffered a lot from the trauma of um, what surrogacy has caused me. And I really wanted to make sure that people knew that surrogacy wasn't this beautiful kind of magical thing that we like to portray it on media. Um, So yeah, I really wanted to show people that the negative aspects of surrogacy, that surrogacy isn't what it looks like in the media. It's dark. It's full of negative things. It's using women as incubators. It's selling and buying children. Um, And it's also causing a lot of harm on children. Um, I'm 32, I'm I'm almost 32 years old, but I'm going to say I'm 32 years old. It took me 31 years of time to speak out. Um, All these children that are starting, I mean, that are being born now, um, they can't speak up yet. Uh, We'll see in the future generations what it's going to cause. But I do thoroughly believe that we are going to see a generation of children that are going to be very um, hurt by surrogacy mm. because they were born that way. 
And you said that you were born via traditional surrogacy. I actually hadn't heard this term, but this means that the surrogate was also the egg donor, which from my understanding, that is now um, not only uncommon, but also illegal in most cases that the egg donor, the egg seller has to be separate from the gestational carrier. But your biological mother was also your gestational carrier, correct? Exactly. That's how it is. But it does still happen. And um, you can see it on internet, actually. A lot of centers still sell traditional surrogacy. Mm, okay. And when did you find out that uh, you were conceived in this way? That's a good question. Um, I always kind of knew. Um, mm. I mean, I always felt like I didn't fit in. My entire life was kind of awkward with my parents. Uh, up until I was about 16 to 17 years old, uh, where I started getting more and more questions, like just popping up in my head um, concerning my birth, and I had to get answers. So I just went to Google. I Googled Louisville, Kentucky, and I started getting all these, um, I mean, these internet websites mm-hmm. concerning uh, surrogacy. And that's when it kind of all clicked into place. Um, so as of then I started saying to everyone that I was born by a surrogacy, uh, and this was before, okay. So, yeah, that's when I was 16, 17 years old. That's when you were 16. And what, I know that you Mm -hmm. said that things were kind of like awkward with your parents, but were there any specific clues that made you think this? Because like, I'm thinking, I don't think I would have ever even known what that was or even tried to deduce that. As a, as a teenager. So h- how did you know to even search for something like that? I don't know. It was kind of like it was in me. Mm. Um, my mother, she, I mean, we always had really weird, like not a very good connection with my mother. Mm. Um, I love her, but we don't have a, like that mother-daughter kind of bond. interaction thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Bond. Um, and she doesn't really look like me. We don't the same passions i really don't share much with this person uh except that she i know she 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 of course she offered me an education and whatever but she i don't share much with that person and um and i knew something was off so i knew it was either adoption or something else mm. and that's when i started just looking up maybe things that were happening uh with um with with uh, with surrogacy in Louisville, Kentucky, at that point in time. So when I was sixteen, seventeen years old. Okay, and where were you raised? I was raised between Florida and the south of France. Okay, and you searched Louisville, Kentucky, because you knew that you had been born there. Yeah, exactly. On my birth certificate, that's where I was born. On my passport, whatever. Okay, so you're sixteen. Uh, 17 then. And did you go to your parents at that point, um, the people who raised you, uh, and mm-hmm. say, hey, is this true? No, never. I would never have gotten to them. I felt like I had kind of this, I mean, I couldn't, it was impossible. I couldn't go up to them and be like, okay, hey, I know that this is, I, I was born through surrogacy. Tell me the truth. No, that, that just wouldn't happen. I was too scared of what, how they would react what they would say. Uh, I was still living under their roof, so I couldn't go against them and the way I was born. It was impossible. And so I kind of just kept that into inside of me. 
Mm. But I was telling the whole world, apart from them, that I was born via surrogacy. That's what was insane. Mm. So I was telling the doctors. I was telling my friends. I was, I mean, I was just, I met my husband at the age of 21. I was telling him. I told my mother-in-law. And um, because I told my mother-in-law, so my husband's mother, um, and she just knew and she saw me suffer. She she just saw me suffer all of these years. And so at the age of 30, she offered me a DNA test. And that's when I had the physical proof. Okay. So you just knew intuitively when you searched yeah. for surrogacy in Louisville, Kentucky, like what exactly did you find that confirmed your intuitive feeling that this was how you were conceived and carried? Websites concerning surrogacy centers. Mm, okay. Gotcha. And so you did not go to your parents at this time. And when you say that your mother-in-law saw you suffer, <clears throat> talk a little bit more about your suffering. Like, I know that you said it was awkward growing up. I imagine that that in itself is traumatic, not feeling like you have a real bond with your mom. That's such yeah. an important bond to have. But when you say that even in your adult life, you were suffering from from this, what do you mean by that? Um, I, well, I had difficulties with addictions, uh, such as drugs, alcohol. Um, uh, I suffered with a lot of things. I always felt the trauma of abandonment. So I was like, I, I was, a, I was always in this position where I was scared that people would leave me. Um, I, I have difficult, I have, I have, I still have difficult, um, I have difficulty, sorry, um, mm -hmm. I get having friendships because I suffocate people and I tend to like, you know, suffocate them and then they just leave me because they're, they're, they're they get annoyed by me basically. But I'm so scared that, to, that they, that they'll leave that I suffocate them. So mm. kind of, kind of annoying. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I still have that void. I mean, my mother, biological mother and surrogate mother, she, left me at my birth mm -hmm. she left me she exchanged me for a check she i mean i don't mm. i don't blame her because she she did it because she probably needed the money but uh it's the truth she did abandon me at one point in my life where i needed her the most and that left a void and that void i tried to fill it up my entire life so i tried filling it up with alcohol drugs friendships and uh, also i had weird relationships with older women so like um i would try to find the mother figure in every older woman that would come about in my life hmm. but of course i could never fill that void <laughs> right right and so your parents sought out this woman and it, so your dad is your biological dad they sought out this yes. woman and she went through i guess the ivf process in order to conceive you right yes she did yeah so i imagine even though there is a wound and a separation that happens with adoption too this probably feels different though because it was more transactional she needed money and so she conceived you purposely with the intention <clears throat> of abandonment right which is a little different than if you find yourself with a surprise pregnancy and you can't take care of your child and you give your child to a loving family this was much more transactional i just imagine that that probably compounds the 
feelings of loss that you have. Yeah, I I agree. Um, that's how I describe the difference between adoption and uh, surrogacy. And that's because people always compare surrogacy with adoption. I don't right. know why, but it, it's two completely different things. Mm-hmm. In surrogacy, we are prescribing the abandonment. That's what uh, René Friedman, who's a very well-known gynecologist, that's how he calls it. Um, the prescribed abandonment. I, I just love that term because it, it's exactly what it is. We are um, intentionally pro- programming um, the abandonment of children by their birth mother, yeah. which is horrible. And we are intentionally going to create that primal wound that adoptees talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, at one point in my life, I was a trans. I was part of a transaction. I actually have a price tag on my head, which is sometimes difficult to carry and is also why I had a hard time speaking up because as a surrogate-born child, we have a price tag. We are worth a lot of money. And um, so because of that, we are not allowed to talk. We have to be grateful. We have to be grateful towards our intended parents. Um, so yeah, that's it's not the... Adoption and surrogacy are complete, two completely different things, and we must keep them different. Yeah. I, I like to say that adoption in general redeems a broken situation where surrogacy creates one. It's exactly. a life that's already been created, and the next best option, if the biological parents can't raise that child, is adoption by loving parents. Surrogacy, you're purposely creating motherless and fatherless children, or at least you are creating them to be separated from the woman that carried them. Um, and exactly. then egg selling and sperm selling, it's the same kind of thing. Um, one thing that we've also talked about is like the loss of medical information that a child has when they are unknowingly but intentionally separated from their biological family. Half your DNA is from this woman um, that you were not raised by. And that has presented obstacles for you, right? Like you have only later found out some of the mental health struggles that she had. Exactly. I had no idea, no clue. And I was struggling with mental health issues throughout my entire life. And I had no idea why. And I just recently found out that she struggles, of course, with these mental issues. And that, of course, there had, I mean, they, they, it comes from her. Yeah. So, right, yeah, I mean, that that's um, that, that was a big issue for me because when I uh, got pregnant from my first daughter, Eleanor, um, I kind of was just like, okay, I'm having this baby and I have no clue what I'm going to give to her. Like, what kind of diseases am I going to give her? Am I is she going to have uh, breast cancer maybe later on, or is she going to have uh, mental health issues? Is there were so many questions that I, I was asking myself, and I didn't have answers to. But yeah, that's twenty five percent of the DNA of my children that I didn't know, yeah. um, which is incredible to me, <laughs> and it should not be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. All right, quick break to tell y'all about my 
Patriot Supply. And so if things really hit the fan, which we just don't know what's going to happen in 2024, you want to make sure that your family is taken care of when it comes to emergency food supply. So you need to get a three-month emergency food supply kit from My Patriot Supply for each member of your family. These are actually nutritious meals. They're good for you. They'll keep you full. And hopefully you'll never need these food supply kits. They're good for 30 years. You can put it in your closet, your garage, your your pantry, good for 30 years. But if you do get in a situation where you need an emergency food supply, you will be so happy that you have one of these emergency food supply kits for everyone in your family. Right now, you can get $200 off your order by going to preparewithally.com. Preparewithally.com. If you order by uh, 3 p.m., then your order will ship for free that same day. So if tomorrow, as you're listening to this, you order by 3 p.m., and your order will ship free that same day. So $200 off with preparewithally.com. So your birth certificate had already been altered right to remove your biological mother's name so she was supposed like we were supposed to just like erase her from your history without a trace exactly so what happens is that i was born um my parents had a house in florida so we moved to florida uh, like right after my birth uh but it took like three to four days to have a new birth certificate delivered so that my birth mother my surrogate mother was completely erased and it was replaced by my intended mother. So on my birth certificate says that my intended mother is my birth mother, and that's false. Right. And it's kind of dangerous as well, because, yeah. I mean, it's right. It's 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 not true. It's 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 not true. Yeah, it's yeah. lying. It's lying. And we're supposed to these certificates are supposed to be true, and they're not. And uh, yeah. It should have at least mentioned that I was born via surrogacy or at least adopted or at least something. Right. But no, it says that my uh, intended mother is my is my biological mother, which is not true. Yeah. And that's a piece of your identity that, like you said, they are lying about. And it's an important piece yeah, of your identity. Wiped away from my it's just wiped away. Yeah. You don't consider it. Yeah, but it, it yeah. which is interesting is, is that they tried to erase it, but early on when I was when I was younger, um, I, I was like I remember I was like eight or seven, and I you know we all have those little journals where mm-hmm. we write uh, our lover like who we like and who we love and who's our best friend and whatsoever. And in my journal, I wasn't writing this stuff. I was writing I was in France at the time, and I was writing oh, I need to go back to America. I love America. I am American. Um, um, I need to go back to America. Like it was just this one idea that I had and I was, mm-hmm. that I was writing down in my journal. And so you see the genes were calling, like saying, okay, you are American. You need to go back to your country. So the papers lie, but the genes, they don't lie. And at one point they come back and, you know, it was kind of like America was calling me, you know? Yeah, (laughs) right. And the birth certificate thing and all of this that you're talking about, I mean, they do that for the parents. They do that for the parents to give the parents or 
you know, the uh, the people who raised you, your dad and the mother who raised you, it's for them. It's to give them a sense of legitimacy so they can look at the piece of paper and say, no, this is my real child. <clears throat> the transaction checked out like this is, you know, the the check cashed. This is my receipt, basically, um, of that. Exactly. And in all of this, it is because, I mean, this is the pushback that I get when I talk about surrogacy. I'm sure you do, too. But what about the people who really want a child? What about the people who really mm. want to be parents? What about the people who have XYZ health issue and they have to use a surrogate? They have to use an egg or sperm donor. It's like people can't get out of their minds that the primary, like the primary thing cannot be what adults want. It can't be that adults want it. So anything goes, right? Exactly. The, there is no right to have a child. That's what I say every time people tell me these things. There is no right to have a child. I mean, that has to just get into people's minds. But children have rights. And we have the right to know where we come from. We we have the right to not be separated from our mothers at birth. Uh, we have the right to be raised by our, mo our mothers. And those are just such primal and important rights that we step on and we just spit on with surrogacy yeah um but people can't understand that they don't they they, they just can't yeah it seems it seems like they they really can't and um you've met well okay actually before i ask that let me ask you about the moment that so your mother-in-law she helped you get this dna test that confirmed what your suspicion had always be which is again i just think i just think it's so wild and really cool that your intuition just knew it, it just knew so this dna test just confirmed what you already knew about who you are and what your uh ancestry is so tell me about that moment what was it like when you had that confirmation oh it was um it was surreal <laughs> i i remember it precisely it was on january 11th uh, 2023 so it's actually really recent yeah really um, recent yeah, yeah yeah really recent but she was um I, this i'm actually going to write in a book because i i have to write a book about this it's yes. so important to me um but I, like when i open the test the first thing that you see is like your ethnical background and and i mean i had no french blood in my ethnic background like nothing nothing came out so at first i was like okay wow that's that's wow. I, I feel better yeah because of that just i mean i had the answer to my questions um so and your then dad i is scrolled down my dad is not french my dad okay. is swiss okay so but my dna test identified that i was swiss mm -hmm. so everything was covered um and then what was interesting is that this i mean we knew that it was going to help me find my dna um i mean my ethnic background but we didn't know that it was going to help me find my half siblings because i did find my half siblings via this test um so i scroll down i find my uh cousin because you know the dna kind of matches with all the other dna in the um in the uh, what you might call it the um like the the the, the dna pond that uh -huh. the um 
the system has. And I was matched with my cousin. Mm. And so I write to my cousin and I'm like, okay, well, uh, I am this person. Um, I think I was born by a surrogacy. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, someone in your family that you surrogacy and you can help me out and help me find my biological mother. And she actually responded. And she says that she said that she does know someone and she put me in contact with my half brother. And then my half brother put me in contact with my half sisters. And then I got in contact with my biological mother. Mm. And that day I was, I felt so much better, so much better because I just had 30, like 31 years of questions in my head. I was, I just felt relieved, honestly yeah. relieved that uh, I finally had the answers to my questions. But now I have other questions like, how could she have sold me? How mm. could at one point I, how could she have sold me? How could she have given one of her children and kept the rest? How could I have been a product at one point in my life? You know, there's so many other questions that pop up um, and that are very emotional to me still. Yeah. And, you know, some people might be listening to this is, as you know, this is like a very hot topic that even, you know, I'm a conservative Christian and the conservatives listening to this, you would think would be on our same page, but not all of them are. Um, and so some of them might be saying, well, this is just her. This is just one person. She happens to have these feelings that doesn't, that doesn't speak for everyone born via surrogacy. And while that may be true, I have heard what you told me about how you felt from every person that I know born via sperm or egg donation or surrogacy. They struggle their whole lives with feelings of abandonment, feelings that their mom had been picked out of the catalog or their dad had been picked out of the catalog feeling, as you said, you said it so profoundly that like there was a price tag on your head and that is that is what we are forced that is the burden that we are forcing tiny humans babies to carry when we say my desire to be a parent is more important than the well-being and the rights of this child exactly and i just want to say that it's not because some people are, live I mean, it's not because some children born via surrogacy live well that we have to legitimate surrogacy. That that it doesn't make it legitimate. At least, um, I had this uh, this lady talk to me the other day. She was like, "Well, it's not because I mean, you you cut your arm off and you have a prosthetic arm, and then you live okay. I mean, you live well with your prosthetic arm. Um, that it makes cutting arms okay." Mm, <laughs> it's right. kind of like um it doesn't yeah it's, i mean i've talked to egg and sperm um donor conceived children as well and they all feel the same way like i do um adoptees feel the same way that i do i unfortunately don't speak to people that have been born via surrogacy i have a hard time finding people that are born via surrogacy um probably because we people are too afraid to speak out like i said uh, we have a very big price tag on our heads, and it's kind of like mm. if we go against our parents, we are alienated, mm. and that's what it cost me, at least. You've I been alienated? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So your parents, yes. after you started talking about this, they won't talk to you anymore? No, 
No, no, no. We're we're on very we're not on good terms, unfortunately. I mm. I have nothing against them. I don't I don't blame them for using the system of surrogacy because it was just out there, like I said, uh handed out on a silver platter and they just took it. But um they are but yeah, they're bothered by the fact that I'm talking, that yeah. I'm saying out loud that yeah. this is this is bad. But I feel like I have every right to say it's bad. I mean, I have lived through with these traumas. It doesn't make them bad parents. It just means that I lived traumas and traumatic. Like I, I lived with the trauma of abandonment all my life because of the way I was born. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Do you know why they decided to seek out a surrogate? Yeah, I do. They, um, my parents, they, they had a very, very successful business. They worked very long hours. Whenever they. They worked very, um, they worked a lot mm-hmm. and they didn't start, I mean, they, they just kept working and I think they prioritized their um, business rather than building a family. So um, when it was time for them to build a family and that my father was like, okay, to build a family, it was a little too late. Mm. And um, and my mother had had problems health issues so she couldn't conceive a child and uh and so they seeked out surrogacy mm-hmm. my mother was 48 when they started seeking out surrogacy wow wow okay yeah um and, and what do you say to people who say well you only feel that way because you're the gestational carrier for you was also your biological mother but in a lot of cases of surrogacy that we see it is the biological child of the couple that's renting the womb of the surrogate so it's the biological egg it's the biological sperm they are just implanting this embryo into the surrogate what do you say to that is that still a form of surrogacy that you oppose of course every surrogacy is a bad surrogacy to me this child that's in the womb that's connecting with its mother because she will be the birth mother in every single case this baby is connecting with his mother for nine months. He's eating what she's eating. He's feeling what she's feeling. He's just living every single day with her. Mm-hmm. And he, he's hers. And she's his. So when he's going to come out of that womb, he's going to be looking for her. And mm-hmm. if she's not there, <sighs> that trauma of abandonment will still be there. So in 100% of cases... You will cause the trauma of abandonment. Mm. That's what it is. I mean, the baby is not going to be like, okay, she's not my biological mother. Wait, hold on. Let me go and check if she's my biological mother. No. Yeah. The, 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 the newborn doesn't care. He's going to search for the one that he listened to for nine months. Mm. That's what it is. But, I mean, even if it doesn't matter if they're biologically related or not. Yeah. It has no difference. It's just crazy how we understand this when it comes to kittens and puppies and not babies. Exactly. Like we have, we force people to keep kittens and puppies with their mothers for two months or three months after they are born. But with surrogacy, we don't even leave little baby humans with their mothers for two to three months after they're born. No, we just rip them away from their mothers at birth. Mm -hmm. How is this even how is this imaginable? I'm still, yeah. I, I'm still wrapping my head around how people find this normal. 
right. just to have children. Gosh, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I just feel like it's not human, at least. Yeah, we just had, um, you know, the conservative, like, commentator class uh, on Twitter was having a big debate about this because there is a conservative commentator. He and his, uh, you know, male, yes. male partner just, uh, you know, welcomed their baby via egg selling and surrogacy. And you have all of these people who are applauding this. They're excited about it because really most people have not thought about surrogacy. They haven't thought about reproductive technology. They haven't thought about the ethics of the reproductive industry. They've not thought beyond yay babies because it's really uncomfortable, as you know, and unpopular to think beyond that and especially to speak beyond that. And so people like me, and I'm sure people like you too, we're called bigots, we're called hateful, we're called cruel, when really it's the opposite. Like we have the common sense, the logical and the humane position that children are not to be bought and that wombs are not to be rented and that eggs are not to be sold. Like to me, like these are so obvious and like fundamental positions. And yet, I mean, I'm, I'm routinely called radical and extreme. And I'm sure you are too. Um. I am. I'm all the time, every day on TikTok, on social media. It's, but I, I don't, I don't really care because I think we have to educate people to what surrogacy is. Uh, people have no, no knowledge on what surrogacy really is. And that is what you are saying, buying children, selling children, renting rooms. We're like human trafficking and everyone's like, yay, human trafficking. It makes no sense to me either. All right, last sponsor for the day is Birch Gold. Diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe. You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch Gold's precious metal specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. If you don't know about this and you're like I was and you're like, what does diversifying my savings into precious metals even mean? Why does it help me? How does it hedge against inflation? You can just go to, or you can text the keyword Alley to 989-898. They will send you a free info kit, no obligation. You can learn more about how this can help you financially. People absolutely love work, working with Birch Gold. They've got all these five-star reviews. Text Alley to 989-898. Alley to 989-898. Surrogacy is just separating a child from its mother at birth. Uh, whether or not they're biological, biologically linked or not, it doesn't make a difference because the fetus will link with its mother um, at from four nine months. Uh, we deprive these children from knowing their parentage, um, so in all cases they're going to lose the woman, their mother that built them at that and that birthed them. Um, so that's going to harm all of these children and traumatize all of these children and surrogacy is also paying a woman to use her womb as an incubator for a certain amount of time and yeah we're we're this is this is ridiculous we're, how is this how is this normal for people mm -hmm. um and yeah i keep saying this on on tiktok on my tiktok um in france 
But uh, but I keep getting these messages like, oh, wait, what, what about homosexual parents? Well, no, I'm against surrogacy for everyone, not just for homosexual parents or heterosexual yeah, parents. I'm just too. against the whole entire ordeal for everyone, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, me too. Um, what are the surrogacy laws in France? Uh, it's, it's we're not allowed. You're not allowed to do surrogacy. But I mean, they always find ways to go around laws here in france yeah there are ways to go around the laws but it's not allowed in italy they're going to uh penalize it actually yeah which i love um and you know what's so funny i find this also with a a lot of different policies in america that um you know the progressives here who are pro-surrogacy and things like that they will point to people like us like you know conservatives like me and say oh my gosh you're so extreme you're like the the taliban that's so crazy and they view america as so insanely conservative when really like if you look at Europe, surrogacy and the reproductive industry is a lot more regulated there. I mean, we're like the wild, wild west over here when it comes to embryos on ice and reproductive technology. That's why so many people either go through like the third world countries where these poor women are trying to make money as surrogates, which, oh my gosh, yes, human trafficking. But also they go through America, I guess, like your family did, because it is so liberal and so unregulated here. Like, it it's, it's really that's the if you want to call something extreme, America is extreme when it comes to this. Yeah, I do find so. And I've made some research. Apparently, you don't have like there's no regulations apart from New York. Apparently, anyone can open an agency here uh, in the United States to like a, a surrogate agency. Hmm. I think that, that that's what it, I, I mean, I made some research about it and apparently, yeah, anyone can open a surrogate agency in, in the United States, which I found crazy because yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're dealing with humans, they're trafficking humans and anyone can open, like I can open an agency if I want to. And I don't know, in Florida, which is yeah. crazy, crazy to me. Crazy. Yep. Yep. It really but, is. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But I don't think you're, uh, I don't think it's a political thing. You know, the, we're talking humans. We're talking babies. We're talking women. We're talking, it's not, it, this shouldn't be a political thing. It It shouldn't shouldn't. be a conservative thing or a progressive thing. It just should be normal. It just should be in people's minds that we don't buy children. Yeah. Dot. We we do not use women as incubators. Dot. Um, (laughs) There's no political aspect to this, at least to me. Yeah, it it shouldn't be. I mean, as you probably know, in the United States, um, we're not only extremely political, but like our differing political factions have very fundamental moral differences. So how we view human beings is really different. Now, that's not to say all Republicans think one way and all Democrats think one way. I'm not saying that at all. Um, But you will find more on the progressive side kind of pushing this idea of the family diversity theory that no matter how a child is conceived or created or raised, as long as they have someone in their life who loves them, then that's totally fine. It's the nature versus nurture debate. Whereas we over here who believe in natural law and believe that we're made in the image of God, we believe there is a purpose and an intention behind how we are made, how we are created, how we're raised, that all of that is really important. Um, And so there are some fundamental differences that do unfortunately manifest themselves in 
uh, political differences in the United States. So I agree with you. It shouldn't be political, but because of where we are politically in the United States, it has become so. But look at me. I just let's take me as an example. I was born by surrogacy, whatever, 32 years ago. I now have like I kind of lived 32 years so I can give you my perspective of how I lived my life. My parents loved me. They did what they could. Yeah. Um, they educated me. They offered me an extremely good education. Extreme. I mean, I had everything I wanted. I, I had my parents had money. I, uh, I, I mean, I lived a, a, a good life um, financially speaking. However, there was not that bond. And even though they loved me, that love was not enough. It wasn't enough because I still developed uh, tendencies to drugs, to alcohol. I had, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just how it is. Yeah. So love doesn't suffice. Love isn't enough. That's, it's, um, you, I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous to think that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I know that we have to let you go. There are so many other questions yeah. that I, that I wanted to ask you. The, the, the last thing that I want to ask is I'm, I'm just curious, do you have, like, do you consider yourself a Christian? Do you have a, a faith? No, I don't actually. I have no faith. I have faith in humanity. That's what I, I, I always say. I have faith in humanity. I think that we can abolish surrogacy worldwide. I will be fighting this cause for as long as I am here on earth. Yeah. So no, I don't have faith, but, um, but I mean, I respect anyone who does Yeah. and, um, and, but no, no, I'm yeah. not, I do not, uh, I, I'm not a Christian. I'm, I'm just, I'm yeah. actually atheist. <laughs> atheist. Well, I just, I mean, um, and you can, you can. Uh, react to this how you will because I know we have to close out but as I'm listening to your story and the feelings of abandonment that a lot of people have had but specifically people who have been abandoned by parents like I just wanted you to know that I believe that you are made by a God who cares for you and loves you and made your DNA with purpose and that you have incredible value, not just because you're a human, but also because you have a soul that is going to live forever. And I just, I, when I hear you talk, I'm like, gosh, she needs to know that there is a God who created her and who loves her and who sent Jesus to die for her. And that is the only place I believe that we find purpose and belonging ultimately. So I'm so thankful, though, whether you believe in him or not, I think that he is using you and using your courage and using your voice and using your suffering for something really redemptive and good. And that's what God does. He takes broken things and he redeems them for a greater purpose and whether you believe that you're being used by him that's that's what i see so i just wanted to tell you that but i also wanted to thank you for being courageous because you didn't have to take this stand yet you are and you're speaking up for the most vulnerable and so thank you so much i will be absolutely cheering you on and thank you and i just want to i mean i just want to finish with this go ahead sentence um just for the people that are listening to me and i want to i want this message to be clear and clear as possible there is no such thing as a good surrogacy no surrogacy is good there is no justification for forcing a child to be born in order to be separated from its biological mother or non-biological mother and 
there is no justification for using a woman as an incubator. And that is my message that I want to spread. And I hope it'll be listened to. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We're going to share this far and wide. Um, Yes. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.